0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of We Are In Media. Um, This is called the Self Reflection Show. And we basically wanted to take the opportunity to look back at the episodes that we've recorded so far and to kind of, I don't know, basically self reflect, talk about what we've learned along the way, what surprised us, what we like and didn't like about episodes and basically what we wanna do with season two. Um, But before we begin, We've gotten some requests to talk more about ourselves, which is really hard for both of us to do, basically because, not to brag, we're very humble. No, but in all seriousness, you know, (laughs) this show's really not about us. It's about you guys and basically just being better at your jobs. But we want to appease you guys, and I think, too, if we talk about ourselves, it can kind of lend to potential limitations we have with our point of views and can kind of open up the dialogue for what you would like to see on the show. I'm sure lots of you guys have experiences that we personally have not had, so listen carefully and if you see any opportunity to educate us on something, by all means, email us. It's podcast at weearnmedia.com and of course, at the end of the episode, we'll be repeating that. Um, Anyway, Britt, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself?
1: (laughs) Sure. Sure. I've been in the digital marketing universe for over 10 years now. Um, I've spent a lot of that time on the agency side of things, honestly, all of that time, which I'm really grateful for because I've had the chance to develop content marketing campaigns for companies and brands of all sizes, um, from startups to Fortune 500 companies, companies. And also just across a number of different industries like B2B software companies to brands in the fashion, health, and wellness industries. So quite a variety of different industries and verticals and spaces. Um, A long stint of my career was spent at Distilled, which is an internet marketing agency that specializes in SEO. Before that, I worked for another content marketing slash SEO agency named Blue Glass, which is where I met Jackie. I also worked at Weber Shanwick and experienced a more corporate work environment, which I personally wasn't a huge fan of because I missed um, the creative freedom that I had at a smaller agency. And now I do my own thing and I provide consulting services for content strategy, digital PR, and influencer marketing campaigns. I also offer training on all of these specialties for companies who already have in-house PR content and SEO teams. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Jackie, do you want to tell us or tell our listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I
0: actually studied PR in school, um, which is really interesting. I... (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm more of an artsy kind of person and I started out studying art history which knowing myself now was a huge mistake. Um, So I started doing research on things that I enjoyed. Fashion was one of them and that's when I learned about PR. I kind of figured yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I was um, I went to an art history career night and I was horrified by the lifestyles of the people that were (laughs) talking about their careers and quite frankly they sounded a little tired um it Mm -hmm. sounds
1: it's a lot of studying and reading something that i have a similar experience there that i didn't really tell me yeah well i just went to my degree was in communications and i wanted to be a reporter and i had one professor who i admired but then he told everybody on like the first after the first week of classes to not become a reporter unless you want to just work, 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 and have no work-life balance, basically. I don't remember how he said it, but yeah, yeah, he seemed just miserable. So (laughs) That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's why I ended
0: up in PR, literally, to not be miserable. Yeah. Joke's on me, though. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not miserable, but there's days where, I don't know, like yesterday – Yesterday I <laughs> I spent <laughs> such so much time just crafting these beautiful follow-ups and I sadly haven't heard back from anyone. So keep on keeping on guys. Um, anyway, I studied PR and I ended up in a pretty sketchy unpaid internship, but it was with a PR firm um, that was local to the area. I went to school in Tampa um, and I got my first taste of media relations and I was hooked. Um, the first big placement I won was on the front page of the Tampa Bay Times. It was actually for an electric vehicle expo, which, shout out to Carl's episode, if you haven't listened to it, you should, because it's all about car talk, I guess, you know? Um, But from there, I basically, I graduated. I got a job with Britt at Blue Glass. Britt was already working there, and she actually helped train me alongside some of my other awesome coworkers. Um, and sadly they did eventually go out of business. Um, it had nothing to do with our doing. In fact, we were a really awesome team, but the beautiful thing that came out of it is a lot of us went to Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera, and basically said we were looking for work and I was pretty young and new to my career. I mean, it was probably what, like eight months in after graduation, And a lot of companies started offering different things. And I saw an opportunity with the contracting positions to finally be a full-time freelancer. I mean, I say finally because for me, it was kind of like a pipe dream. I kind of viewed it as like that would be really cool if I could do something like that, but probably not going to happen to me. And then it kind of fell in my lap. So definitely a mix of hard work and a little bit of luck. And um, basically, I worked with all different kinds of clients from... I worked with a lawyer at one point, um, ticket sales with events, which is really fun. But one of my main clients, Student Loan Hero, actually offered me a job. And I kind of just went for it. I saw a good thing going on there. Um, and it was the best experience of my life. I'd say agency was the boot camp that prepared me to go in-house. Because the one thing I could offer when going in-house is how aggressive I was. Because agency work is not for the faint of heart. Right? you. You know this better than me, right?
1: <laughs> it's definitely exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you have to work really hard. So um, my,
0: my boss really did see that I was a pretty aggressive media relations person. He let me run with it. Um, I ended up building a seven person PR team, which is literally probably a dream for anybody with a media relations background who is also kind of a control freak. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, and what's really cool is, you know, it was kind of weird. I thought, why the heck would this um, startup want like a seven person earned media team whose focus was really to earn links? But we did it all, in all sorts of ways. We did syndication partnerships. We did more old school media relations, I guess you could say, or I guess that's not the right word. What am I trying to
1: say? Um, traditional
0: byline Opportunity. Yeah, we did more traditional media relations tactics like interviews and external bylines. We also did a lot of data and content marketing, et cetera. Well, anyway, I guess it was pretty valuable because we ended up selling to LendingTree for $60 million and my whole team went with them, which is pretty, pretty exciting. I would say it's probably the thing I'm most proud of in my career. Um, But anyway, you know, I went to LendingTree and kind of similar to what you said, Britt, I just wasn't feeling the corporate um lifestyle just wasn't for me and i felt at this point my job had been done so back to freelancing and to be honest i do i'm kind of still figuring it out it's really different going from management back to doing a lot of the outreach and so that's kind of one of the things i'm really excited about with the podcast you know
1: yeah i think along the way so Jackie and i started recording these back in january yeah and along the way we've been gathering these tips and testing them out ourselves. And that's been one of the biggest takeaways for me. And I I think similarly with you, Jackie, is that we're still, even though we've been doing this for a decade, um, we're still learning new things. And it's just because we're having these honest conversations more frequently with the people that we're pitching. And we weren't necessarily doing this before as often honestly, before this podcast, I wasn't even sure that reporters and journalists and writers would want to hop on the phone and have a conversation about this stuff. Absolutely. And yeah, and to my surprise, people are more than happy to, it's going to make their jobs easier. And it gives them an opportunity to have a little bit of event sesh (laughs) as well. I think think Casey called it a therapy session. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yep, Um, Yeah. Just along the way, we've been I guess taking our own medicine, applying any new tips that we've learned. And it's changed personally for me, changed the way that I that I do my own outreach. Absolutely. I was stuck in a rut previously, especially going out on my own and mm-hmm. the stressors of starting my own business and worrying about things like invoicing and other admin activities. It's a whole other job. I was stressed out, yeah, about all of that. And then I was resorting to, I would say, um, lazy media relations strategies and not putting as much thought as I should have um, because I had my mind on other things. Mm. And I found it quite hard yeah. to focus on how to do that part of my job well, which was why people were working with me, right? So it was pretty important that I do that right. <laughs> Um, And having these conversations with journalists inspired me to try out new tactics, ones that I know were tactics that they were requesting themselves, Mm -hmm. gave me back the confidence that I needed to continue doing what I do best. And I'm hoping that this inspires other listeners as well. I um,
0: I actually do want to chime in and say that We have gotten a couple of listeners that have reached out and given us their stories on how our episodes have helped them achieve some wins. So, and we love that because A, that kind of validates what we're doing here. But even more importantly, B, it can kind of inspire us to start thinking ahead and see how else we can provide value for you guys. So again, second call to action, but it's the same one. Please reach out and let us know if if these episodes have helped you at all. Cause we we that's what we want to do. We want to be helpful. So Yeah. Anyway, do you wanna kick it off, Britt, and talk about some of your season one takeaways? Sure. So
1: one of the biggest takeaways for me, especially since we started this pre-COVID-19 and now we're finishing season one um, when we're in the midst of it all. And we weren't anticipating this to happen, obviously. But I think the biggest takeaway for me with all of that in mind is that relationship building matters and that it is more important than ever, Mm. especially right now. One of my favorite examples of or episodes in which we covered relationship building was probably with Noah um, season or episode one. He talked about the relationship that he had with Mallory Isaacs. And it really stood out to me as a really wonderful example of how to how a PR person can and, and should build a relationship with a reporter, especially if they have a variety of stories in the pipeline that he or she knows would be of interest to that journalist or reporter in the future. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to that one because he actually gives a lot of different tips as to why their relationship was such a productive and collaborative one. But Mallory actually invited him to the hospital. She is in-house and works for New York Presbyterian Hospital um, and has a larger team of PR professionals with her as well and invited Noah to meet them. They talked about, you know, what kind of stories and um, the patients that they have at the hospital that they've helped and the stories that they want to tell on their behalf um, and they also just took the time to get to know Noah and learn a bit about more uh, learn a bit more about him and his role at patch because he was at patch at the time which is a local local online newspaper so I think um, that's one of my favorite stories about relationship building and why it matters another episode that I loved um, was, Actually, I think episode number two, I believe, with Alan Henry. Maybe it was episode number three. That's like tied. That
0: and Casey's episode are tied for my number one. But what did you love about? Yeah, I love them both. What did you like about his episode?
1: I really liked um, his tips for building relationships with journalists and how um, the story about, yeah, Keith and him and how they bonded over a personal interest, which was gaming, and how they went and had coffee and talked about gaming. And then, secondary to that, they talked a little bit more about like his role at, I believe it was Lifehacker at the time, and Keith's role and the clients that he had. And it was just a very natural approach to relationship building. And previously to these interviews, or prior to these interviews, personally, it's been a while since I've um, actually met in person with a journalist or a reporter or what have you. And this, these stories inspired me to pursue that a bit more, especially once we can go back to meeting face-to-face with people.
0: Ooh, let me chime in and say that. So at Student Loan Hero, we did a little trip to New York City. Um, to go to this event. But one of the things we did was set up a lot of meetings with reporters that we had worked with in the past. And I was really nervous and kind of similar to what you were thinking, Britt, like, do people even want to get on call with us? Um, We were pleasantly surprised. People were really nice. And, um, you know, not everybody could meet in person. But I would say a majority of the people we reached out to did. So keep that in mind. And I want to plug in to, or I want to give a shout out to Casey's episode because she gives some tips about um, how she doesn't want to meet in person. And I think it's one important thing to keep in mind that if you do meet in person with somebody, um, to keep to keep your ethics in check. And what I mean by that is you buying a coffee for a reporter might not seem like a big deal, but it could come across as bribery. Um, and we obviously as PRs want to make sure that we are keeping our relationships both friendly and professional. So I guess it's a balance, right?
1: Definitely. It's definitely a balance. And another thing to keep in mind is some, like you said, um, some people don't like meeting in person. So um, say you offer to meet in person and that, you know, that person um, says no, politely declines, it's okay. It doesn't mean you can't continue reaching out to them. That just Mm -hmm. might not be their preferred um style of relationship building. There's other ways to build relationships that are just as fruitful and can be just as productive and authentic. Um, and you just have to learn their style. And that's with pitching as well. One of the biggest things through our conversations that I've discovered is um, well, I, I knew this before, but there really isn't a strategy. There really isn't a formula for pitching. Like oh, you really God, can't yeah. say, <laughs> you really can't say this is how everybody likes to be pitched to. Everybody has their own preferences. Everybody either, you know, everybody wants to receive a pitch in a different way. Um Just makes it's job as, harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a few themes that stand out that resonate with um, a number of people. Yeah. Like obviously do your research. Make sure that before you're pitching them, you know that it's going to be a good fit. Read what they're writing about. Especially within the last few weeks, because beats um, change. As we all have seen over the last few weeks, COVID 19 is dominating the newsrooms. So they might not be talking about what they were writing about previously. They might just be focused on COVID 19. So if you have a media list of reporters and journalists that were writing about the industry that your client is in or that your company is in, they might actually be. Um, writing about COVID nineteen, update your media lists. Yeah, <laughs> keep that updated. Read what, read the work that these reporters and journalists are putting out there.
0: Muckrack, I just can't say enough good things about Muckrack. You can view the feed of the writer for free, so no excuses there. And um, yeah, I don't know about you, Britt, but for certain industries, I have Twitter lists. Um, they're private, but really a great way to kind of keep tabs with everybody without putting in too much work. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, I love Twitter lists. I love free tools, I'm cheap. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Um, Related
0: to that too, I want to plug in another episode, Um, the last one we um, put out with Era, They literally talk about how they go to webinars put on by journalists. And basically, there's a lot of conflicting information about what to do and what not to do. So I think that's kind of at the heart of why we even put out this podcast, too, is the fact that there are a lot of nuances. There's definitely no one right way to do it, but there's a lot of wrong ways to do this. So hopefully this gives you (laughs) ammo, right? (laughs) Definitely. Um, And like you said, I mean, there's just... (laughs) on the point of there's a million wrong ways to do something. I mean, you can hear it in a lot of these episodes. They they might have their own preferences of the perfect way to reach out to them. But, you know, if you're pitching something that they want and you do it in your own style, but it's not obnoxious and it's not inappropriate, then you're still going to get a response, hopefully. But there's certainly a lot of wrong ways to do things, right? Um, I think Casey talked about how... She doesn't want a third follow-up in the same day. <laughs> or even the first follow-up in the same day. If you email yep. in the morning, don't don't email them again in the evening to see if they're still interested, especially if they never responded. Like give it some time.
1: Mm-hmm. I think on the topic of follow-ups, I personally learned. And I don't, I haven't followed up more than once in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes wonder if I should. Um, But this, these conversations confirmed my sneaking suspicion that there's no need, in my opinion, to follow up more than once. Yes. If you're going to send any follow-up, you have to make sure it's useful. Um, There's no need to reach out and say, hey, did you get my email? Yeah. And... (laughs) When following up, if you're useful, you're more likely to get a response. Whether it's a yes or a no, you're just going to look like you're doing your job. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, as long as I get an answer, I feel better. Yeah, Um, me too. Even if it's a no, I like to use that as an opportunity to get a little bit more information as to why because it helps me do my job better and when I reach out to them again – I'll know if it's a better fit or not. So nos are responses that I actually enjoy and that I want. And when I get them, I know that I'm doing a decent job. I so when that. I follow up, <laughs> so when I follow up, I just like to say, well, I like to A, follow up with um, a helpful resource, whether that's a new angle to take that ties into something that's timely and relevant. Or it could be a new statistic or data point that relates to the topic or the story that I pitched originally. Or it could be like more imagery or visual assets that they can use in their article. And that's that. way more helpful than an email, making sure that they saw my last message and um, asking them if they want to cover it or not. Like Way less aggressive and, and just helpful. Being a helpful human, going back to what... Eva said, "I think in um, yeah. our conversation with Era, yeah,
0: I think the more you talk to people, the more inspired you get, the better you are at your job."
1: Um, yes, yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm so wise, right? Sure. <laughs> I loved that episode with Era. Um, thanks for introducing me to them, Britt.
1: Of course, yeah, it was fun.
0: It was really fun. Was good chat. I guess, yeah, maybe in season two, we could have. Another four guests. I mean, it was a lot. It was kind of overwhelming at first, but I don't know. They're just such a great group. I really enjoyed learning from them. I do want to say that having Frankie and Lisa on the show at the same time was really, really awesome. And we haven't really talked about this, Britt, but let's talk about it in front of the listeners. What do you say we do another one of those episodes in season two with another PR person and a journalist in the same space?
1: Yes, I love that idea. And I, I'm hoping um, we can do that. Um, in season two, a lot of listeners did let us know that they enjoyed hearing the perspective of PRs. And originally, these, these conversations were simply going to be with journalists and people who are actually writing the stories, like freelance writers and reporters. But I think it's equally as important to talk to the people who are on the other end, like us, and get their perspective on um, new strategies that they're using to pitch and to keep things fresh And what they're finding is working and isn't working. Yes, I
0: love that. And I agree with you. At the beginning, it really was supposed to be just talking to journalists. And look how much we've grown in, I guess, 10 short episodes. So it's pretty amazing. Um, We do have some guests lined up. I don't want to give away every single guest, but we have Shonali Burke. Who specializes in social PR, and she actually talks about on her website how just focusing on earned media, uh, you miss out on the bigger picture of PR. So I'm very excited about this episode. I think it's going to bring a broader perspective for some listeners, and hopefully, it will give you guys some is it, ammo feels like an inappropriate word, but I don't know how else to say this
1: tactics um, some ammo collaboration with other members on your team whether Thank they you. do That's great. social media or paid social. It could be, mm-hmm. I think what I'm hoping to get out of this conversation with Shanali is more ideas on ways to collaborate with members of teams who do that stuff and are the experts in that craft. Yes. I'm excited. Um, I think yeah. we both have a lot to learn with her and
0: It'll be pretty exciting, I think. Um, Who are you most excited to have on for season two?
1: I'm excited to have Vladimir Kupriyanov on the show. He's actually not a journalist or or a PR professional. He's a data scientist. He's a genius when it comes to finding stories to tell with data. And I, I could use a lot of help in that department. I have worked with VK on many of my most successful campaigns. He's a genius when it comes to discovering what data sources we're able to use and then um, what stories we're able to tell with that data. And he does all of the work too when it comes to data mining and visualizing that, what that's going to look like. So I think we'll have a lot to learn from him and it'll be a new fresh perspective to share.
0: I love that. And as somebody who struggles with brainstorming in general, I'm going to take notes during this episode. So if you hear <laughs> typing in the background, listeners, it's because I'm taking note. <laughs> um, that's that's great. I am excited for that episode, too. Um, anyway, yeah. So we're going to take a break for a few weeks and um, get to recording some episodes and having some conversations. So you know what that means. We need to hear from you, so don't be a stranger, Britt. I am. I've talked a lot. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Give give everyone instructions. What what do they need to do?
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I I'm curious to know what industries shall we include this time around? Um, we Ooh, talked a lot about. Are we, yeah, we talked a lot to personal finance journalists and reporters. Um, we talked to somebody in the automotive industry. Service journalism, we talked to somebody who does service journalism and somebody who had experience with local reporting and now is a business reporter. So what other industries um, or what other reporters in what industries are you curious to hear from? Also, if there's other aspects of PR that you're curious about, like Jackie and I were talking about having someone on who has experience doing media tours. Um yeah. we personally want to learn more about that. So we're looking to have somebody on either in season two or maybe even season three to talk about their experience with leading media tours, how to do them, what best practices um are involved with putting on media tours. I know nothing about them, so I want to learn. Same. <laughs> (laughs) The mental health episode. If
0: it's not season two, then definitely season three. But we're on the hunt for a mental health professional who can talk about what PRs can do to manage their own stress, life, work, etc. Because you guys know just as much as we do that pitching media can take a toll on your mental health. Right, Britt?
1: Yeah. Yes. So maybe it'll be a virtual therapy session so if anybody yes. also wants to volunteer for that, because I have a hard time talking about my feelings publicly, so yes. <laughs> if anybody yes. wants to volunteer to be a part of a virtual therapy session with a health expert or like a certified mental health professional, um, let us know and we could we could set that up. Yeah, we can make you that happen. It could be me
0: self deprecating for <laughs> an hour, or one of you guys can step up and um. You know, share a little bit with the uh, listeners. And what's nice about that is, um, you know, we've spoken to a few listeners. We're a nice group of people. Nothing to be afraid of here. In fact, we've made a lot of friends through this, and uh, I'm hoping that continues.
1: I really do. I want to give a special shout out to Sierra Baldwin. She reached out to us, and um, we just hopped on a hangout with her and chatted. A little bit about the podcast, what she found helpful, which was really useful for us. But really, it's just another excuse to, um, you know, Jackie and I are our lone wolves, lone she wolves. You really are. And <laughs> any excuse to talk to somebody else who does what we do and vents about our jobs and vents about like the strategies that we're testing out and talk about what's working and what's not working is honestly really fun for us. So, if you ever want to hop on a call, not a podcast so interview, fun. just a you know casual hangout, reach out and let us know because we would love to do that. It's true. We really would. Well, I think that ends this episode of our self-reflection and our takeaways um, from season one and what to expect from season two. And yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. If you head over to weearnmedia.com, you'll find a summary of the episode along with links to any of the resources and more information about our lovely guest and where you can find them online. If you have any topic suggestions or just general PR questions for us or future guests, email us at podcast at weearnmedia.com. Of course, you can also find us on social media. Our handle is at weearnmedia and we're on Twitter and Instagram.